Welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lou. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Not a matter of if, matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tire service. So make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. It's a big old if. Uh, welcome back to the show. Sorry about the technical difficulties uh, last time. Hopefully we can get through it, but I'm not a tech guy, so I don't know what to do when it fails like that. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know what it is either. You know, I've moved to a smaller town, the Wi-Fi. Um, I think it just kind of bugged out on me, but I've talked to the guy who runs the Wi-Fi. We've had a nice conversation. He says I should be good to go. So that is the, the negatives, but also the perks of living in a small town is that you know exactly who to go to uh, for your issues with the Wi-Fi. The guy who uh, set it all up, who's literally on top of the tower himself, making sure the Wi-Fi is working. So we should be good to go this week. I'm looking forward to it uh, because, you know, I was in the middle of pretty much predicting how I thought the weekend was going to go for us as Chiefs and Longhorns fans before the Internet just decided to crap out. And uh, I'd like to say that I was right, but it stinks that nobody got to hear it <laughs> or hear the explanation or thoughts behind it because I was in the process of saying, like, I could too. see, I yeah. It was just like, all right, hey, let's see if we can, you know, more so with the mindset of I could see the Lions beating the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. I think it'll be a close game, but the Lions, they're tough, and they look like they're built like a team that can handle the Chiefs and not necessarily be scared, especially heading into Arrowhead. And sure enough, that's what it was. And then my gut feeling for the Texas-Alabama game was is like, hey, like I'm, everyone's looking at Alabama, but like I just kind of have a feeling that Texas is going to come away with a win. And I made sure to say that before the game actually started on Saturday, watching it at your place. And flipping, sure enough, boys, <laughs> they won. And it was freaking lovely. Absolutely loved it that they were able to win. I think Melo maybe his mic or something. <laughs> you hear the, the rustling in the background there. Um, it, it, it was just a fantastic weekend. It was fun. It does stink that the Chiefs lost in the fashion that they did. But looking at Texas and watching them play, you're looking at yourself going like, yeah, I think Texas is back. They're here. Yeah, so I'm back too. Sorry about that. <laughs> just I don't know what you got to hear or not hear, but it was like one day, it was like one moment yeah. you were there, and the next moment you weren't. Boom, gone back, uh, just like Texas. <laughs> yeah, watching the game here at my place Saturday night, I I was the doubter. I always am. I'm the pessimist. I think it's all going to fail until it doesn't. And even with you know watching the game, they were up by ten late in the fourth quarter. And I still thought, like, they're going to find a way to lose this game. This is just how my life goes as a Texas Longhorns fan. So I, I was not buying into the hype at all. So I, I thought they were going to lose. Um, they didn't, which was very nice. A uh, little surprise for us Texas fans. But it is cool to see them back. Um, and I, I do think they are back. I, I wrote about it. Uh, we've talked about it before. Texas being back doesn't mean they're winning national championships. Like, they've won one in my lifetime 
They've been to two in my lifetime. That's not what they are. They were never Alabama. They were up there with, like, the Floridas. Like, that's mm-hmm. who they were. So it's cool to see them come in and beat a team like Alabama. Now, this might be a down year for Alabama. We'll see what happens. But it is cool to see Texas being up there. And, you know, another team that's up there we talked about, too, Florida State. Like, it's cool. I rank them in my top five, both teams. And now you have schools in the SEC that are kind of on the outside looking in. And now, of yeah. course, there's Georgia. Georgia's good, but they I think they even have some question marks this year. They don't have the star power that they usually do. Uh, they didn't have that big up-and-coming guy that's like, okay, well, you, you lost this guy, but watch out because here's the next one. So we'll see what happens with Georgia. I still think they can run the table and be number one. But then, you know, you have Michigan, you have Florida State, you have Texas, and even USC right there. You, you have the Power Five conferences represented. It, it, it's wild mm-hmm. because we've always seen it with the SEC dominating, where you have Georgia, you have Alabama, and then usually another school like a, a Tennessee, LSU, somebody in there in the top five or top ten. And now you have all conferences represented it's pretty cool. Uh, looking at the AP top 25, Georgia comes in at number one, Michigan at two, Florida State at three, Texas at four, and USC at five. It's, it's nice to see some of those old blue bloods back at yeah. it, Florida State, Texas, and USC. Yeah, and you know, looking at the landscape of college football, too, it's you, know, you mentioned Georgia's probably just going to have it locked in kind of with the SEC and the situation going on there, but... You know, you never know how Alabama is going to respond or rebound after the loss against Texas. And their next matchup here, I, I don't remember who they're playing off the top of my head here, so forgive me, but I feel bad for them because I do think the over-under is like 60-some points. And I'm smashing the over for that game just due to the fact that Alabama might just score 65-some points on this team just because Nick Saban is going to be like, we lost to Texas. This is not good at home, at a night game. Yeah, we gotta have yeah, a bounce it, back. We gotta have home, you know some yeah. type of redemption game. So and they play at USF, so they they're on the road. That's which is it. Kind yep. of surprising, but they they should come out. They should rebound nicely against USF. And it is. It's crazy to see uh, a guy like Steve Sarkeesian, who was one of those Alabama assistants. And I know that he talked about it earlier in the week last week of how come all these Alabama assistants lose to Nick Saban. And I loved his quote of saying like. Look at the record of every other coach that coaches against Nick Saban. They're all bad. Yeah. Everyone has a bad record against Nick Saban. The guy's probably the greatest college football coach, at least of my lifetime, that I've seen. Uh, maybe not ever. There's some good ones out there. But, I mean, he's just been dominant. And we'll see what happens if Alabama does have a bounce back. I assume that they're going to run the table in their conference. And even just looking just a peek ahead at their schedule. They've got USF this weekend. Then they have Ole Miss. That should be a W, but we'll see. Hey, maybe Lane Kiffin and the boys can pull an upset as well. But then Mississippi State, wow. Texas A&M, Arkansas, none of them are ranked in the top 25. You have Tennessee and LSU next, both of them in the top 15. That They could give Alabama some problems. But then you end the year, Kentucky, Tennessee, Chattanooga, and Auburn. So I, mean, they, I could see maybe, like at, at worst, two losses for this Alabama team, which might keep them out of the playoff. But it's also wild to say that that's a down year when you lose two, mm-hmm. three games in your schedule and people are talking about, like, wow, is, how's Alabama falling off? Like, that's a banner year for Texas or USC and some of these other programs that are up there right now. So it, it should be a pretty decent slate of college football games. It's not great. This yeah. is kind of one of those weekends – 
if you have something else to do, like the, the games I highlighted, Florida State at Boston College at 11. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not getting super excited about that. As a guy that absolutely loves college football, I'm not super excited about that. Or how about the Penn State at Illinois? Like, ooh, yeah, that game's going to be like 13 to 7, something like that. Um, South Carolina at Georgia. I guess Georgia finally gets a little bit of a test. Tennessee at Florida. Pitt at West Virginia. Like, that one's cool, I think, if you're going. I don't know that that's a game that you want to yeah. be, like, sitting on your couch watching on TV forever. And then uh, yep. Colorado State at Colorado. Like, game day is going to be there. It's, it's a pretty big deal right now. I find myself rooting for the Buffaloes. I, I love I that area. Too. I'm right there with you. I'm buying into what Dion's doing. I The uniforms are great. Running Ralphie out to start the games. It's a really cool environment, and it is cool to see them be back. Like This is three weeks in a row. They're on national television. The really mm-hmm. shitty part is that for here, us here in the central time zone, that game doesn't start until 9 o'clock. It's like, am I really going to stay up until 9 o'clock on a Saturday so that I can watch Colorado and Colorado State? Maybe. We'll see. Why does it not start till 9? Uh, mountain time zone starts at 8 there. Oh, shoot. That still stinks. Yeah, yeah, I guess I didn't realize time. that. Shoot, I didn't realize it was starting so late. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm all about you know. You mentioned like what what Dion's doing, but it's also the fact on like how he's doing it and how he's going about it. You know, it was kind of one of those deals where the message is hot while it's hot, but at the same time, I do wonder like how long is it going to stay hot? At some point, does it start mm-hmm. to cool off and people kind of start to get annoyed with who Dion is or how he goes about things and Personally, I don't. I absolutely love it. If I was a player, like I think every one of his speeches just gets me gets me hyped up. Like when the pregame speech comes out before they hit the field as the game is about to start. You know what I mean? The last time going on the field before the game starts, it's I'm sitting there like, damn, that's that's a dope speech, Prime. And yep. then the yeah, play me good. my theme music, dude. If I'm listening to my coach give me a hype speech before the game, and then he ends it with play my theme music, phew. It's a bad day to be at the other team because I'm coming out hot. Like, I would just absolutely love it. And that's the thing that the Buffaloes are doing is just they're coming out and playing ball, and they're, they're playing their style of ball, and it's fun, and it's enjoyable, and they're putting up points. And then you come in here against Colorado State, and your head coach has to just give them ammo. Like, Dion said it today. I don't know if you saw that clip where he's like, like, we're just minding our own business. And now they make it, and he gets, like, the little pause thing that he does, and all his teammates, like, all his players are like, I – are we supposed to say personal? And then like you collectively hear them like, okay, now it's our turn to talk. And it's like personal. He's like, you know, we're just mm-hmm. doing our business, you know, living, going day to day. And then they make it personal. It's like, dude, like, yeah, they did make it personal. Now we're all pissed. Now we're all taking it personal. And we're going to go beat the crap out of Colorado State, who won, didn't stand a chance anyways with how well Colorado's playing. But right now, you're going to get 60 put on you. And it's your own coach's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they will. I think Colorado will rally around this message. And, like, for Jay Norvell, the head coach at Colorado State, why would you give any team ammo like this? Like, right before the game starts. And yeah. the, the big deal of it that I saw, at least, was that he said uh, something along the lines of, my mom taught me to take my hat and my glasses off before I do an interview. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, when I talk to another adult. The only thing you're going to do there is piss him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while well, I talk to another adult. I don't, I don't know. I don't get that. I never have. I didn't get it as a kid when people were like, take your hat off at dinner. Take your hat off. Don't wear a hat to church. 
things like that. Take your sunglasses off inside. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. I get I get being respectful, but that a hat is not disrespectful. It's like mm-hmm. the Colin Cowherd thing. Like, oh, he's a backwards hat guy. Never going to be successful. He's a backwards hat guy. And I, I don't get it. I think Dion and, and Colorado will probably rally around this. I, I don't think that it was a game that they had, like, circled on their schedule. But now you're, you're going to have game day there. You're going to have fans that have been tailgating all day long. It's going to be a good atmosphere. And they're going to come in and try to, you know, play spoiler. And it's probably going to work for them, too, because uh, Colorado's looked really good. And you get that home crowd pumping again at an, you know, 8 o'clock kickoff. A lot of tailgaters. They're excited. I think the yep. Buffalo's Colorado's going to start three and zero, and I don't think we said it on the podcast, but we were talking about it. I said I'd be impressed if they won five games this year, and that was like the the standard. They are they're pretty much there. I mean, two and zero already. They've they've got some good quality wins, uh, at least for them, you know, and beating a, a school a rival like Nebraska. So they will probably be three and zero at the end of the day on Saturday. That's impressive for a team that went 1-11 and turned over pretty much their whole roster. I'm impressed with the start of 3-0, and I was one of Dion's biggest critics. Yeah, and you know another thing to mention here with Colorado is their next upcoming schedule because their next two games after Colorado State is a trip to Eugene to face the Oregon Ducks, and that's going to be a fun matchup. That's going to be a ranked matchup as well. And then after that, you get your true test. I mean, it's going to be a test against Oregon as well, but like how well do you do against a Heisman quarterback who is having another uh, another Heisman type season so far into it? I know we're only 3 games in, but like Caleb Williams is absolutely balling out. I don't know if the Buffalo defense can keep up with that, but it's going to be nice to see if Caleb Williams goes after Travis Hunter, you know, who's playing corner and see how he matches up against that because that's going to be a good test for you know, Hunter as well to be like, all right, hey, this is an actual NFL quarterback. This is possibly the number one pick in the draft year this next coming year. How well do you play against him? And that's just going to add fuel to the fire as well for Colorado. If you find a way to compete with Oregon, I don't know if you beat them, but if you compete with them, that's going to be amazing. And then you play USC. I believe they get USC at home too. I believe it was Tyler that just put it in the chat here. And then, you know, you go to Arizona State, then you play Stanford at home. You go to UCLA, and then you get Oregon State at home with DJ Uyangalele, who is having a good season so far uh, with the Beavers. I'm all about Buffalo, but, like, hey, after Colorado State, send another message to everyone. Like, yeah, hey, we're putting up another 60-some points. But after that is when ball gets very real, and we're seriously looking at Buffalo yeah. and how well they are and how well they're ready to compete moving forward in the Pac-12. Yeah. Before heading because to the Big Because even 12, TCU, like we mentioned it, uh, you play the team that's in front of you, they got their win. But TCU is down. They're, they are not a 17-ranked team. Uh, they were, I get it, on paper, but they're down. Nebraska looks awful. They can barely move the ball on offense. So we'll see what happens with Colorado. I think Jay Norvell, the head coach at Colorado State, he didn't do himself any favors because you almost had the perfect trap game to where you Mm -hmm. can go into Colorado. They're not looking at you. They're not paying attention. They're feeling themselves a little bit off a couple big wins, and then they're already peeking ahead to Oregon. Now they're not peeking ahead to Oregon. Now you have their attention. And I just I don't understand why they would do it. But they did. And like I said, the rundown of like college football games this weekend is not great. That's why we're talking about Colorado State and Colorado. But uh, hopefully it will make for some exciting games, at least. And we'll be back talking about it next week. But um, NFL schedule was very mm-hmm. exciting. 
uh, because Thursday night, everybody tuned in to watch Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, uh, Sunday. Sunday, everybody tuned in to watch Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Mm-hmm. And then he played for four plays. And it was a nightmare scenario if you're a Jets fan. Like, I had started to come around on Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I was tuning in. Uh, I was actually I was cooking dinner, so I was a little bit late. And my fiance even said, like, hey, isn't the game on? Shouldn't you watch it? I was like, yeah, it's just the first couple minutes. And then I got that tweet update from, uh, I think it was my sports update. Like, Aaron Rodgers is injured. I was like, oh, I, I do have to turn this game on. I have to turn <laughs> yeah. it on immediately right now and check out what's going on. And it comes out that Aaron Rodgers has torn his Achilles, which is an awful injury, uh, but awful for a quarterback of his age. For sure. And I, I'm pretty sure that I saw earlier this week he said he was going to make a comeback and he wasn't done playing. We'll see. Like he, We already kind of questioned his motivation once. He came mm-hmm. back. He looked like he was really into it. That's going to be a tough injury to recover from. I, I guess, thankfully, he's not a receiver. But that's just that's an awful look. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Yeah, and you know we've heard people say before that if you know a primetime player has an Achilles injury, he'll never be the same. He'll never come back and be good. Well, we've also seen that not be true. RIP to the individual who did say that. Um, but the person that he was talking about was Kevin Durant, and now we're sitting here looking at Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not about to compare these two guys, but it's just the fact that, hey, an Achilles injury this late in your career, it does stink. But Nathaniel Hackett also came out today in a press conference and said, like, yeah, he, he's coming back for sure. And once Aaron Rodgers sets his mind up to something, it's pretty hard to convince him otherwise of it, which we all know is very true. Look at everything Aaron Rodgers has ever done in his career. Once he says something about his mindset – it seems and appears like it's locked in, and he just rolls with it. For him to come yeah. back for another year, you're the Jets. You're excited about that, but at the same time, you're sitting here looking at, like, what in the world are we going to do this year? What are we going to do with Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. who wasn't ready? I shouldn't say wasn't ready. Was not expecting to be playing Sunday night at all and gets thrown into it. He does seem like he's got a better relationship with his teammates um, and – maybe better as a leader, just kind of the interactions. He doesn't look as stunned or shocked, as nervous or, you know, anxious about the game. But it's still just like you're sitting there looking at him like, yeah, this guy should not have been drafted where he was. And, and like, mm-hmm. the level of the draft that high up, not necessarily to the Jets, just any team that would have been in that situation, Zach Wilson doesn't seem to be the answer. But now he has to be, and there's no one else really out there that you can go get. Yeah, for Zach Wilson – it feels like he's a guy that needed that chip on his shoulder. And I'm a big chip on your shoulder guy. He, if he were drafted in like the late first round, if he had fallen a little bit like Aaron Rodgers did, mm-hmm. I think that he maybe comes in with a little bit of different appreciation. So I, I don't know. But I, we'll see what happens with him. He is going to be their starter going forward, they've said. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, we'll see what happens with him. I know a lot of people have already come out. Uh, I think it was David Bakhtiari was saying, like, the turf is to blame for this. And when mm-hmm. I turned on the game – and I saw Aaron Rodgers injured, I didn't really take into account like where the game was. I, I didn't care. Yeah. But seeing that they are playing another game in that stadium 24 hours later was a tough look. I, and yeah. I know that it's field turf, and you should be able to play on it every day. It was just not a good look to have one of the stars in the biggest, brightest stars get hurt on a national stage like that, where yeah. you just played a game the night before. And like I said, David Bakhtiari, a lot of these guys are already anti-turf. And I'm old enough that when I was a kid, you still had games being played on field or on AstroTurf. And everybody thought like, oh, this is cool. These are the fields of the future. Everybody's going to have them. And then you started to realize these things are actually awful. 
Everybody's getting hurt on them. They're, they're hard when you get tackled on them. You're losing ACLs and Achilles tendons. And I think we're finally starting to see that with field turfs too. Yeah. With these synthetic fields where it's just, it's not good. It's not natural. No matter what you do, whatever the technology is, there's just not really a replacement for real grass, especially when it comes to football. And David Bakhtiari, one of the things he was saying is like, you're going to change out these fields for soccer games for like the world Mm -hmm. cup, but you're going to let us play football on them. Like it doesn't make any sense. And I've always hated field turf. Like there's just so many so much research out there about so many different problems or if you've ever played on field turf, I'm sure everybody has by now. Those like little beads that you get on you, it's just, it's annoying. Yep. It's super hot. It's the hottest surface. It's hotter than the sun to play on those things. It's absolutely yep. awful. And the really shitty part is that now almost every high school has them. Yes. Right? Because these companies have gone and they've marketed them to high schools and to school districts. So like, hey, you'll never have to take care of the field. You'll never have to mow it. You never have to paint it. You're going to save all this money. Here's a great field for you. And now all these high schools have them on their football fields, their baseball fields, softball fields. They're everywhere. And these things might actually be awful. Like, it sucks to yep. see it, really. It does for these high school players. And, again, like it's so hot. I, I, the hottest I've ever been is on one of those field turfs. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yep. And now you have guys like Aaron Rodgers getting injured. So maybe we'll make a pivot away from these types of fields. But it's – it's an awful look. It sucks for the NFL. It sucks for Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, I know that Jets fans and I, we've had our back and forths. I feel bad for him. You had a oh. lot of hopes. And you I mean, finally just thought the like most, you had the guy in the team. Mm-hmm. The most Jets luck ever, it really feels like, to just be this excited, yeah. this pumped up, this much optimism heading into the season, and you get four plays of it. I should say three because the fourth play was garbage. But here's the other thing that kind of goes into this with Jets and their one thing heading into the season. Our offensive line is not good. Your offensive line is what hurt Aaron Rodgers. Yes, we can sit here and we can talk about the field. We can talk about how his cleat got stuck. We can talk about how he had the calf injury during training camp and all that. But your offensive line failed, and the defense got through. Aaron Rodgers tried to keep a play alive and, you know, spin out of it, ends up getting caught up, his foot gets locked in the way the defender landed on it and pushed the backside of his knee in, and your foot being stuck in that position, your Achilles is going to snap. And it's nasty, it's disgusting, and it stinks, and you're sitting here looking at the NFL like, okay, hey, this is just another reason why we should get some real fields in here. But you're sitting here looking at the Jets like, maybe if we would have had a better offensive line. Maybe if we had a better offensive line, Aaron Rodgers would have lasted more than four plays. And that's the reality of it. And I love your your point with, you know, MetLife Stadium holding a game 24 hours later uh, for the Giants and Cowboys, who, by the way, just absolutely got annihilated in the Giants, 40 to zip in the rain, just shit weather. Yeah, that's going to be like, well, hey, the field held up. You don't have to worry about that. I would much rather see a field be torn up because of, like, the weather and guys just playing on it instead of the field looking immaculate and there's just shitty play on it. Like, that it just like drives me nuts. Yes. Yeah, you're trying to get a new grass for the Super Bowl. It's just it, the NFL is so dumb sometimes. It's like, why would you make these decisions? Who is actually in charge to make these decisions? And the Jets suffer for it. I do. I feel for the Jets. I I picked them to make it to the Super Bowl. I believe. I don't really remember because I don't take those too serious. But I, they were a contender for sure. And I know that it's just it's on paper and none of it really matters right now. But I, I think they were definitely a a Super Bowl contender 
for sure. And I, I saw some reports even earlier this week of like, well, what do you do now at quarterback? And the Jets were quick to come out and say, Zach Wilson is our guy. But, you know, I saw a lot of people talking about like the free agent options. You've got guys like Matt Ryan out there. You've got Carson uh, I know even me immediately I thought like do they make a run for Tom Brady do they do they put that call in and be like hey Tom we got a, we got a team here we had Aaron come in and help us get to a Super Bowl and I'm kind of surprised that he didn't but I mean then my guy Colt McCoy maybe give him a phone call he could at least help tutor I, Zach yeah. Wilson yeah I don't think that he's good enough to play and I think there's a reason why the Cardinals cut him but I think maybe he's a guy that you could bring into your quarterback room to help mentor a, a Zach Wilson, to help get him over the hump. And maybe they'll have Boyle in there. Uh, who knows? But it seems like they're going to have Zach Wilson be the starter. And I don't know if you saw it or not this week, but RG3 was on ESPN where he works. Robert Griffin mm-hmm. III. And him talking about how GMs were like, nope, you can't bring in Robert Griffin because he would be too much of a distraction. What is this man talking about? He was the he talking third about himself? quarterback. He's talking about himself. And saying that like, you can't bring him in because he would be too much of a distraction uh, because the, they would want the backup quarterback and things like that. This man was not good when he ended his career in the league. And he's mm-hmm. the most annoying announcer I've ever had to listen to. So I'm sorry if we have some RG3 fans that are listening tonight. I'm sure our guy Java is probably an RG3 fan. But I, he annoys me. I was watching the Baylor game last week, and I had it on mute because I can't stand to listen to that man talk. He thinks he's funny. <laughs> he's not. And then the bullshit about, like, I can't be on an NFL team because I'll be too much of a distraction. It's just, it's not good. He's not good. He's super annoying. If you want to go after Tom Brady, go after Tom Brady. You want to bring in Matt Ryan, sure. I think it's too tough right now to bring in any of those older guys. But i happy for Zach Wilson. I could go the rest of my life without hearing from RG3, though. Uh, I mean, just what an arrogant statement by RG3. And I did not see it, and I will definitely be going to watch it once we're done with the show today. Uh, just because I am interested in hearing that. But, like, just what a weirdo, dude. And the other names that you mentioned here with Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Colt McCoy, Tom Brady. Tom Brady would be absolutely hilarious to see come in and just be with the Jets to then have to face the Patriots twice in a season. Um, especially after he just had his jersey retired there and just be like, oh, well, hey, good to be back uh, in an opposing team's jersey. So just because of that, I don't know if he will, but it would be funny. Carson Wentz, um, I'm not going to be – I'm not going to be about that hype train anymore. That that's over with. That has completely derailed, and there's no coming back. Uh, that has been nuked. Matt Ryan, kind of a similar situation. You know, two former Colts quarterbacks don't really see it working out for him. And then speaking of Colts, Colt McCoy, I would like it. I just don't know how much of a mentor he can be for Zach Wilson once Aaron, like now that he already has Aaron Rodgers as a mentor. Like, is there anything yeah, else that Aaron Colt Rogers- McCoy can add to it? I think he'll stick around, too. I, a lot of times with rehab, guys will go off and they'll kind of do their own thing. We'll see what happens with Rodgers. But I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of hangs around and does take over that, continue that mentorship of Zach Wilson. It seems like he's just really bought in. Like he just really enjoys what's going on with the Jets right now. And I hope it works out mm-hmm. for him. And maybe he comes back next year. Maybe Zach Wilson wins this job this year. Like that, Wouldn't that just be exciting? I'm mm-hmm. not a big Zach Wilson guy, but what if he just balls out, takes his team to a Super Bowl, 
wins a Super Bowl. Whoa. And then Aaron Rodgers is like, ah, uh, I guess I'll just go play for the Vikings now. <laughs> like, that's the narrative. That's what's going to happen for sure. That would be hilarious. And, you know, speaking of guys that he mentored, Jordan Love didn't look too bad for a Packers quarterback last week. Pretty decent stat yeah. line was there. I, now you're playing the Bears. We don't know how good they are. Um, but at the same time, it's like Jordan Love didn't look bad, made some plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was impressed. I, I'm happy to see that for him, too. I, I like to see the, the redemption stuff. And uh, a lot of people have been down on Jordan Love. So, of course, I'm in. I'm on it. I, I want to see him be good. I didn't really like Aaron Rodgers. I, I still wouldn't say that I do. But I, I would like to see Jordan Love be good. And we'll see because, like you said, it was the Bears. I just don't know. The Bears did not look good at all. The, the offense looked bad. The defense looked bad. Special teams looked bad. So I don't. Maybe they get the first pick this year. And Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields. I don't know if that's it. I know that he has a lot of haters and people that don't say that say he can't be a quarterback in the NFL. He didn't look like an NFL quarterback on Sunday. I'll say that yeah. much. And it's, it's I'm kind of in a position here where I feel like you were not everyone's shitting on Justin Fields so I kind of want to come defend him like I'm done shitting on him I want to see him be good uh, I can also say like watching that game just a lot of stupid play calling uh, like a lot of just side to side throws on you know you're expecting other receivers to make blocks and you've probably seen the clips Chase Claypool is not a blocking receiver and everyone's going to jump on that and be like what a shitty you know what a shitty teammate what a shitty receiver Hey, not all wide receivers are good blockers. Like that, blocking in the open field like that is a pretty hard thing to do, especially as a receiver. Now, maybe show a little bit more grit and don't get bullied by five ten corner. Like that's a different subject there. You know, a conversation for another time. But with the Bears, we also have to remember like Justin Fields didn't play any preseason games. Those three games, believe it or not, they do have somewhat of an impact. Seeing live action, getting hit, you know, getting touched in the pocket, having guys flailing around, being at your legs, at your feet. You know, it's it's different to get used to, and all of a sudden it's here's week one, and you come out and you look like shit. I mean, we could say the same thing about Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, too. None of those guys looked right. good. And I'm not sitting here saying Justin Fields is going to be either one of those two of the quarterbacks that I just mentioned. But it's still the fact that, like, hey, we got a lot of season left, and the Bears are a pretty decently built team right now, and there's a lot of playmakers on that. And there's a possibility we're talking about Justin Fields again another four to five, six weeks after some more games here going like, whoo, that week one performance – uh, does not. That's the one that separates him from all these other games that he's played really well in. Now, if he just continues yeah. to play bad for the next four to five weeks, yeah, I'll join in the conversation yeah. of like, okay, hey, Bears are probably heading in a different direction. And week one overreactions, it's always it's always bad. That's why they're called week one overreactions. Maybe, like you said, maybe Justin Fields does come out and looks really good the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll see. Uh, this week, the Bears have Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay won on Sunday. Yeah, Baker Mayfield cracked the code on the Minnesota Vikings and was relaying their signals, which I think is absolutely hilarious that you can that, you, that happens in the NFL. And then also that he took a shot at the Houston Astros and being like, I'm a Texas Rangers fan. And then him cracking the code. It, it's really cool. I got hurt playing football my senior year, and I stood on the sidelines for a lot of games. And the coach, he said, all right, Miller, you have one job now. Try to figure out their hand signals. You know what I never did? Figured out a hand signal. <laughs> nothing. I got nothing. I even sat like in the press box one game trying to figure out what these guys were going to do. Nothing. I mean, I had no idea. It looked like they were using sign language. Sign language would have made more sense to me. And I, I remember <laughs> even one of their signals. 
It was like a like they were driving a car, like a steering wheel. Like, okay, what are they doing on this play? This is a very obvious hand signal. No idea. Never figured it out. Baker Mayfield <laughs> did it, though, in an NFL game in one half while also playing in that game. So I'll, I've also had my kind of run-ins with Baker Mayfield. I don't really like him. Uh, but he looked good. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. won a game last week, and that's more than you know, our team can say. We're a Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs fan. The, the NFL is just so wild because the Chiefs lost, the Bills lost, and the Bengals lost. Yes, I don't sir. know that, like, if you're looking at, like, perfect brackets, like, nobody picked all three of those teams to lose. Not when you're mm-hmm. playing the Lions and the Browns as well. Like, the Jets, Bills, I can see that one. Some, I'm sure a lot of people had that one picked. But for all three of those teams to lose in the same opening week, like not just some regular week in the, in the NFL schedule, yeah. for the opening week of games is pretty wild. They're all sitting at like the bottom of their division right now. And let's not forget the Eagles almost lost that game mm-hmm. as well. If Kendrick Bourne comes down with a catch, that puts the, the Patriots in a, a prime spot to go possibly win that game. Uh, I will say Mac Jones did look much better <laughs> as compared to last year. <laughs> Uh, still kind of getting yeah. things worked out. It doesn't really have great receivers uh, to really throw the ball to. But even looking at the Eagles, you know, I get it week one, things look a little rough. Uh, there's kind of the murmurs out there like, hey, did the Patriots kind of find the, the weakness here in this Eagles great defense? Something to keep an eye on because uh, and that's Eagles a probably should have lost that game. Too. Yep. He, yeah, probably should have. But Bill's just – he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Probably the greatest coach of all time. And we've said it a million times. He gets in his own way with the GM stuff because he thinks he's so smart that he doesn't have to pay certain players. He makes these wild moves like signing um, Zeke Elliott before the season starts or signing Cam Newton like a month before the season starts and making him your starting quarterback. It's, he's really gotten his way a lot. And the Patriots also lost. But it was to the Eagles. We'll see if they are, are good. I do think that we talked about it in our preview of Will the Eagles be good now that they have that big target on their back from the Super Bowl? And I think that we kind of saw it on Sunday of, all right, every team's taking you for real. No one's going to mm-hmm. overlook you this year. And it's the NFL. You play every game for real. But nobody's overlooking you this year. And all 53 guys are knowing that the Eagles are good and that you better bring your best game um, against them. And then, you know, like I said, the Bills – they lost as well. The bigger surprise for me was the Bengals. They just came out and looked like dog shit. They did just not garbage. play well yeah. at all. And I have, uh, I have Joe Burrow on my fantasy team. I know no one cares about your fantasy team, but I do. And I, I feel like I might be cursed. Last year, I had Aaron Rodgers, and he was awful. This year, I have Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow looked terrible. And I know that a lot of people are probably Joe Burrow supporters, and like the weather was terrible. It was it was bad. Deshaun Watson didn't look that bad, though. Like, yeah. Joe Burrow threw for 82 yards Woo. on Sunday. 82 yards, no touchdowns. The offense could do nothing, nothing against the Browns. Maybe the Browns are just legit on defense, but it was weird to see the Bengals struggle so much. It definitely was. And, you know, kind of mentioned the Chiefs starting losing. Uh, one thing they did win this week, Chris Jones coming back on a one-year deal. Thank God. But when you sit and you look at it and everything with this, uh, Chris Jones didn't win shit. You know, this was strictly the Chiefs. They lost <laughs> Thursday night in the game. But, boy, did they win in this contract situation. And if you're Chris Jones, your two agents who look like bodyguards for some mafia 
off Sperano's, like they're gone, dude. They are. I think they're Klatz or Kratz brothers or whatever they are. The they're the gone brothers because they should no longer be your agent because they have just royally messed every single bit of that up. You still haven't made back your money that you got fined. Everything is incentivized on your contract, and it's like okay, if you miss the next two games. The, the NFL was nice enough to be like, all right, hey, you're exempted. You're not going to lose game checks for it, da 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 But, like, yeah, Chris, you didn't really win anything in this situation, and you pissed off a ton of fans when you were one of the fan-favorite players of this organization. That's all gone now. Yeah. you got to restart. Well, I think even more importantly than that of pissing off the fans, I think you pissed off some people in the locker room too. Yeah. Uh, like, you see the holdouts, and they, it happens. And a lot of times players, they say it, and they do buy into it. Like, you don't talk about another man's money. But I think we even started to see it, and you're like, Travis Kelsey. It's like, hey, yep. hey we want you here, Chris. Show up. It, it, we need you. And that was before the season started, and then he misses a game, and the Chiefs really struggled. They, they lost, and they did not look good defensively, especially on that defensive line. And even when they showed the, the starting lineup for the Kansas City Chiefs and their defensive line, it's like, ugh, that's not good. <laughs> That's not yeah. good at all. And then David Montgomery ran right over him and threw him and around him and did pretty much whatever he wanted. And yep. it, it was a big miss. And I think it was also a big miss from Chris Jones, like you said. Like, he didn't win anything with that contract. And all the money that he lost is just ridiculous. And I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not. But for Chris Jones to come out and say, like, I, it, I don't care about the fines. I've got the money. I don't care about all the fines and the money that I'm losing. Then, Chris, why are you holding out, man? Yep. <laughs> if it's not about the money, if you've got the money, you don't care about the money, why are you holding out? And I get it. There's a little bit more than that. Uh, he wants the long-term deal. But he didn't get the long-term deal. He got another one-year deal with some incentives. We'll see if he can hit them. Uh, and then we're going to have the same problem next year where he's going to be a free agent again, and they're going to hit him with the franchise tag. Yep. Maybe he plays on it, maybe he doesn't, but it, it was a bad look for Kansas City, and the Chiefs look bad all around. Offensively, they look bad. Defensively, they look bad. Uh, the Lions, though, Lions looked good, and that's another team. Like Looking at the NFC North, we don't know who's going to be good, but right now you have the Packers who played very well, and then you have the Lions who also played very well beating the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I like what I saw out of the Lions. That running game was very good. And I yep. think that we're just kind of scratching the surface with that offense and how good it could actually be, which is a kind of a wild thing to say about the Lions. Yeah, I mean, especially when Jameson Williams comes back because, like, Josh Reynolds was making plays in the receiving. Sam Laporta, he had himself a good game, first game in the league, and dude looked like he'd been there for a while. You know what I mean? He just made the most yeah. of his opportunities, didn't have any drops, didn't struggle with anything. <laughs> um you know, you saw St. Brown continue to make plays and show the reason why he's so good. And you look at the Lions just kind of run the ball and do whatever they want. Jameer Gibbs looks like he's going to be a true threat in this offense moving forward. And Jared Goff just made enough plays to keep things going. And every single one of those positions that I just mentioned for the Lions is why I thought, like, okay, hey, this reminds me of the Kansas City Chiefs from 2017 when they opened up the season in New England. Because, like, all right, looking at Jared Goff, doesn't necessarily get the recognition he deserves. Kind of reminds me of Alex Smith's, you know, point of view, where you know he's not the, the future there. He's a franchise guy. He's just kind of that good British quarterback that's going to help you build the foundation, and then you'll move on from him. you got a rookie running back. you got a, a receiver who's probably one of the better receivers in the league, not necessarily getting that attention he deserves. That right there, Amon Ross St. Brown, that was Terry Kill at the time. you got a defense that's good. 
not great. That was Kansas City's defense at the time. There's just so many things that kind of lined up with it, especially with the Chiefs coming off Super Bowl win, big celebration before. That was it with the Patriots. Here come the Lions and win. Here go the Chiefs and win in that matchup there that I was talking about in 2017. But those are the similarities that I saw with it. And now we're heading into the next rest of the season. You're looking at the Lions like, man, okay, this is a team that everyone has to. You mentioned the Eagles. Everyone knows they're coming. Everyone knows how good they are. They made it to the Super Bowl last year. We're looking at the Lions like, all right, this is a team you have to respect. This ain't the, you know, the old Detroit Lions. This is this is a new version of them. And Dan Campbell's got them ready to rock and roll. And they're yeah, they're ready yeah, to bite off some kneecaps for real. Responding, they they are, and it looked good. It looked really good on Sunday. Um, teams that looked the best to you. This Sunday, um, the team that I want to start with, shout out to our guy Tyler. The Dolphins looked awesome. They, they came out and put it on the Chargers. They come back in that game to win. They looked really good. Tua looks healthy. We talked about him in our season previews. If he's healthy, I said he's an MVP candidate. And the only problem is that he might have to beat out Tyreek Hill for it. Because Tyreek was absolutely amazing, too. Like Watching that Dolphins offense... It was clicking, and Mike McDaniel, that dude can coach football. He's he's a weird dude. He's funny. He knows football, and he knows offense. Tua yeah. throws for 466 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, just a great, great game for him. I don't know if they need a running back. You have uh, Tyreek Hill had 11 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns himself, and it was against the Chargers. Like, the Chargers yeah. are one of those teams where in the preseason – Everybody puts them up there. It's like, hey, these guys might win the Super Bowl. They might make it. They might surprise you. And then they come out in week one and kind of get their asses kicked by the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, and for me, the team that I thought looked the best, you know, and it, we'll see how it looks like going into the rest of the year. But for me, it was the Rams. This is the team that we all just kind of written off. You know, they won the Super Bowl two years ago, but we're, we quickly watched how, how fast they fell apart last year. And they come out this week in week one, and they put 30 points on the Seahawks. And they're just they're firing the ball all over the field. Uh, Stafford looked really good, you know, staying in the pocket, making plays. Defense was all over the place. We all got to see that clip go viral of Geno Smith being like, oh, my God, as Aaron Donald comes around on the stunt and nearly sacks him. And I can't imagine how many other quarterbacks have said something similar. We just haven't heard the mic pick it up. But you know, I would be also really silly to not mention the Cowboys because that defense just looked terrifying. Yes, the Giants didn't yep. look good, but it was also really one of those deals where anything that could have gone wrong for the Giants early in that game did, which is kind of you know a, a silly interception that you're normally not going to see happen as the ball is caught. Saquon turns around and gets smacked, ball pops in the air, boom, pick six with it. Uh, the couple fumbles, Daniel Jones didn't look good either, but – when the Cowboys know, like, hey, we just got to send Micah Parsons, pin your ears back, and go get him, he's going to win those matchups more time than not. Um, and the team that really looked the worst, I probably have to say the Steelers. I mean, mm -hmm. I get the Niners are good, <laughs> but you guys got freaking waxed. I mean, they didn't it look like they belonged so on bad. the same field. No, and from the get go, it was bad. Kenny Pickett, mm -hmm. I am so confident in my never being a Pro Bowler bet now. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yikers. <laughs> it wasn't looking good in the preseason. It was looking <laughs> like you were going to lose that bet. Yeah. And here comes week one, and it looks like you're going to be very, very right about that bet. It didn't, <laughs> he didn't look good. And what really sucks for me, again, fantasy football, I drafted so many Steelers, and I don't know why. Yeah. I do know why. Hashtag front row boys. Uh, but yep. <laughs> I drafted so many Steelers. I have Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Fryer. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, why did yeah. I tie myself to Kenny Pickett. 
in his success. So like it's week two in fantasy football and I'm already like, do I even check my roster? It's going to suck. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's terrible. My roster sucks. It's tied to the Steelers. It was an awful move. And speaking of Joe Burrow, I think the Bengals look the worst. It's just for you to come out and, and put up that kind of performance. It was bad. And I, I thought the Bills looked pretty bad too. I thought the Chiefs looked pretty bad. So I'll, I'll dump on them as well. But I, just, I had high hopes for the Bengals offense and for them to come out and hopefully they rebound in week two. I want to see them be good again. I think that that was yep. another team that I was like, Hey, they might, they might have some Super Bowl potential as well. And they just didn't show it on Sunday, but maybe that's that wake up game that they needed. Um, and maybe, maybe they finally got it. Now, and you kind of mentioned the Steelers with the 49ers. 49ers looked real good, too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's the Steelers are bad. That's usually not the case with Mike Tomlin. But the 49ers looked really good, too, and, and so did Brock Purdy. He's another guy that I've just not given respect to. He looked really good on Sunday. Like he, he's kind of turning me, too. Like he, he might actually be... A guy that can play quarterback in the NFL, and I didn't think he was. Yeah. I didn't think he was, I was a good pick for, for Mr. Like, Irrelevant. <laughs> I thought you were saying he's really turning me on. I was like, whoa, hey, bub. Wrong show hey, here. I don't, know where, I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> I don't know um, if you saw I saw it on TikTok today. It's the quarterback for Iowa, Cade McNamara. And he's yes. doing like a, a, <laughs> a pregame stuff. Not a pregame, but like an interview talking about the game. He's like, these guys are just, they're going to come. And they're going to come a lot. <laughs> and he starts laughing during the press conference. It's like, yeah, these guys, are, they're super mature. They're really good athletes. They're, they're comfortable around the, the mic. But they're still going to laugh when you accidentally yep. say, these guys are going to come. And they're going to come a lot. It's like me being in a sixth grade classroom. <laughs> like saying just absolutely ridiculous stuff. And then being like, ugh, shouldn't have said that. But I didn't. Uh, yeah. Okay. Their minds aren't developed enough to get that. We're good. Still innocent. Love it. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, teams that look bad, teams that look good. One thing, last thing I do want to talk about is not exactly football. It's not exactly sports. It's mm-hmm. this Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey stuff. Oh, thank God. Thank you. I didn't see you had it on here. Love it. Cause, How uh, do you feel about it? I'm all about it, dude. Um, It's different. I think, like, for Travis Kelsey, it doesn't really seem like his type of girl that he would go after, kind of, you know, seeing and noticing who he's dated in the past. Uh, Bombshell, by the way, probably one of my favorite followers on Instagram, Kayla. (laughs) What's up, girl? Uh, Maybe I'll give you a bracelet with my number on it, and we'll see what happens. (laughs) You got the (laughs) Because, I mean, wowzers. And, like, when I heard Travis... If, yeah, just almost as fast too, if you really think about it, or at least I thought. <laughs> and when you know, when you hear Travis Kelsey be like, ah, you know, like didn't get to talk to Taylor Swift, kind of like you know, he jokefully, I guess now flirtatiously jokes about like how she hurt his feelings. She didn't talk to him. Uh, he didn't get to see her before or after the show, but he gave her a bracelet with his number on it. You hear that and you're like, what a like a silly gift. Like what? Why would you do that, Travis? Well, brother, it 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 worked, and congratulations. That's my boy. That's my dog, T. Kels, going with the queen herself, Taylor Swift. And like, I also just want to say, Swifties, welcome to the kingdom. I hope you like it. Yeah. I hope you feel welcome because uh, we I have a lot it. in common. We we love this, our these are our my favorites. worlds colliding. Oh, like, it's yes. so perfect for me because I am I am a Swifty, like for real. And obviously a Chiefs fan, and I I love it. And the, with the friendship bracelet thing, it's a Taylor Swift thing. So like, if you go to her concerts, 
you're supposed to make friendship bracelets and then you trade them with other Swifties. So for him mm-hmm. to even like know that and then put his phone number on one, I wish I could go back and meet my fiance and put my phone number on a friendship bracelet because I wouldn't have had to do anything else. She'd just be like, yes, let's get married right now. So for Travis Kelsey to do that, it's like that is one of the best pickup lines I've ever heard of. And it didn't really work for him, but it did. Um, uh-huh. It's also funny because Taylor Swift is such a star that she can big dick Travis Kelsey. And be like, no, I'm not oh. talking to you right now. Like, yes. This is my show. I don't talk to people, especially you, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, whatever your name is, yeah. but I, oh, Mr. I'm Football Player, think you're just hot <laughs> stuff. Got your own TV show? No, thank you. But apparently, no. she's just eating this shit up. Like, out of boy, Travis Kelsey. I yeah. don't know I Travis Kelsey, but I would be so pumped to meet him and just be like, dude, Taylor Swift. And here's he's another thing game. that like we've not necessarily realized or recognized, but like the chief social media team, I saw it pop up today on TikTok. The chief social media team did like a who's your like celebrity crush or who's your celebrity crush growing up or whatnot. Well, the Taylor Swift concert was right there in July, right? You guys went to it. At the beginning of August is when this was made and the Chiefs had done this for training camp. And a lot of the players are running by Travis Kelsey being like, hey, what about Taylor Swift? How about Taylor Swift? And he just kind of like shuts it down and is like, mm, not really saying anything. They've been talking for a while now. And now like the news has come out. I'm sure this has been a little two-month fling. They're pretty close to the L word. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Yeah. I, I can't wait for the album that comes out. Or like any songs of Taylor Swift's. I, I hope she is dating Travis Kelsey because I want the football content on her albums. I, like, can mm-hmm. you imagine? Just me. I'm going to get excited about this right now. A Taylor Swift song, and she's talking about like tailgating. And I know that she's talking about tailgating the Arrowhead. Says anything like, about the alert. kingdom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come. <laughs> right, so I'm, I'm very excited about it. And I, I also, I'm trying to be Travis Kelsey this year for Halloween. So that's a smooth move on my part. Yeah, it is. boy. <laughs> I mean, Taylor Swift has pretty much completed your marriage, so you might as well just continue on with the next step here. <laughs> exactly. And, and you- I get an excuse to buy a Travis Kelsey jersey. <laughs> <laughs> She approves the budget. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just I need a reason because I I have a very small budget for everything. <laughs> I hear you there, brother. So, you, if anybody you wants are. to Venmo me for my Halloween costume this year? Hey, so birthday's coming up. Birthday's <laughs> coming up. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, not too far away. Uh, but I am I'm very excited about Travis Kelsey. It, it, I hope that it's real too because I'm buying into the hype. I, oh. I usually don't get my hopes up. I'm getting my hopes up. Yeah. Uh, speaking of birthdays and, you know, just enjoyment, things we love, you know, the, the blast that, you know, my mind went back to the blast that we had this weekend. Let's not overlook uh, your fiance's baking ability because, oh, my God, <laughs> can that woman whip up some flipping cookies? And I'm not just talking any cookies. These are some cookies, chocolate chip with Reese's Pieces in it. And if you know me, that's my world's colliding. And she didn't know this about me. She was making them for Mello, trying to make him fall even more in love. <laughs> Sorry, sweetheart. You got me. I'm locked in. I'm all about it. Yeah, they were good. They, like, they, I'm, they were impressive. My mouth is watering right now thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna That's just how good more. they were. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it uh, blazed up in the backyard. It is back on mic'd up. We've been doing <laughs> yes, the, sir. the bonfires, watching the the games out there. I have a TV out there now. It's it's hard to beat. I might just wheel the TV out and watch the game tonight. But there is a game tonight, so let's end the show <laughs> so that we can go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. We'll see what happens on Thursday night. I don't even remember, do I have Amazon Prime? Can I watch this game? I don't know. So I'm going to go find out. Uh, but we appreciate you guys joining us. Um, let us know if you're excited about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey like we are. Uh, let us know who looked good on Sunday, who didn't. And let us know uh, for this coming week as well. But we appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, you can always get this podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple, Spotify, or right here in the Colin app. Sometimes there's some weirdos in the Colin app. I don't know what <laughs> happened in the chat tonight, but I saw yeah. like – our chat mob going off on people and be like, get this dude out of here. I think I did. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but we appreciate you guys, especially the, uh, the regulars in there in the chat. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you. And we'll talk to y'all again real soon.